just want to continue on our current series of compromise. You know, last week we talked about the compromise King Jehoshaphat made as he entered into an ungodly alliance with King Ahab. Who are these kings we are talking about? We are talking about King Jehoshaphat, the son of King Asa, was the fourth king, Jehoshaphat was the fourth king in Judaic kingdom, in the divided kingdom. He was, the, he was one of the kings of Judah. If you remember, the kingdom got divided at the time of Solomon to a northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. A northern kingdom being Israel and the southern kingdom being Judah. Jehoshaphat was the fourth king in the kingdom of Judah. And who is this king Ahab? Ahab was an evil king. He was ruling the kingdom of Israel. What kind of man this man Jehoshaphat was? Scripture tells us, especially if you can turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 17. In 2 Chronicles chapter 17, word of God talks about who this man of God was. Scripture tells us that Jehoshaphat was a mighty man of God. He was not just an ordinary man. You know, I will just give an idea about what he was and what kind of personality he was and the way he was ruling the kingdom of uh, Judah. Scripture tells us very clearly, Word of God tells us Jehoshaphat was ruling the kingdom of Judah in a godly way. He walked in the ways of God and he helped the kingdom, the people of God to seek after him. You know, all people in Judah, they brought presents to give to their king, Jehoshaphat. And what of God says, he took delight in the ways of God. And he removed all the high places and he removed all the wooden images, all the idols from the land of Judah. But of God also says he sent out his leaders into the land in order to go and teach the word of God. Can you imagine a king, such a big king, sending out his leaders into the land to start Bible study everywhere. And in the land of Judah, there are so many Bible groups and Bible studies going on. So he was such a godly king, asking the kingdom of uh, Judah to follow God. Word of God says, he feared God and even the great fear came upon the neighboring kingdoms. The neighboring kings, you know, they were all afraid because this man was a man of God and their great fear came upon the neighboring kingdoms and they were not willing to come against this man of God. Even some of the Philistines and some of the Arabs, they brought presents to the man of God, to Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat. So he was a mighty and he was becoming mighty and he was increasing, increasingly become, you know, mightier in his kingdom. Thank you. You know, uh, word of God also says, he had men of war with him. He had men of war with him. Can you imagine how many people he had with him? He had five, four or five different captains under him. And each captain they were having 200,000, 300,000 men. He had more than 1 million men of valor with him. You know, just listening and just waiting for him to command. To go in war against someone. He had such a mighty army serving this man of God. And word of God says God blessed him in everything. Everything he did and he blessed him and even he blessed his kingdom. So today morning as I said last week I want you to follow closely. You know we are you know, spending our times with a topic which is not easy to handle. Which is really tough to handle. And I just want you to follow me as close as possible. We are trying to deal with four different chapters this morning. Chapter 18 it talks about a marriage alliance he made with an ungodly king, King Ahab. In fact, 2 Kings chapter 8 verse 18 says, 2 Kings chapter 8 verse 18, it says, Jehoshaphat married his son Jehoram to the daughter of King Ahab. 
King Ahab was an ungodly king. He was a cruel king and wicked king. King Ahab and his wife Jezebel. And such a godly king Jehoshaphat, he decided to get onto a marriage alliance with an ungodly king by name, Jehosh- uh, by name Ahab. And God, of course, he didn't like this. He, because Jehoshaphat was drifting away from God by bringing these ungodly things into his family. I'll quickly give an outline of chapter 18. Jehoshaphat got into an, as I said, ungodly alliance with King Ahab through the marriage of his son. Few years later, Jehoshaphat, he was visiting his in-laws and King Ahab invited him for a good time and he extended his hospitality to King Jehoshaphat and word of God even says he killed sheep and oxen and he, you know, he treated him very well. And Ahab influenced Jehoshaphat to go in war with him against Ramath Gilead. So Jehoshaphat, a godly man, sitting with an ungodly king, King Ahab, and Ahab could influence this man of God, and he wanted him to come on his way. And Ahab invited 400 prophets of Baal, because he wanted to inquire with them whether he can go for the war or not. And word of God says, says, you know, all the 400 prophets of Baal, they agreed with each other and they said, yes, you can go in war against Ramat Gilead. And Jehoshaphat, as a man of God, he asked Ahab, is there any prophet in the land of God whom we may inquire? And word of God says, Ahab called the prophet by name Micaiah, the son of Imla. So as Ahab, King Ahab called this prophet Micaiah, he came and he was about to prophesy. King Ahab said, always this man, King Micaiah, uh, prophet Micaiah, he always prophesies against me. But then Micaiah said, this is my responsibility to bring forth what the Lord tells me. That's what exactly I will do. And Micaiah said, the Lord has put a lying spirit in, um, among these 400 prophets of Baal. And the Lord says, I'm going to destroy you. That's what exactly he spoke to King Ahab. I'm going to destroy you in the battle. He was not happy about it. There was another prophet by name Zedekiah. He came and he slapped Micaiah on his cheek. And King Ahab threw prophet Micaiah in the prison. So Jehoshaphat and King Ahab, they went against Ramat Gilead. And as King Ahab listened to the prophecy of uh, uh, Micaiah, he made a trick. He told Jehoshaphat, you come in the royal robe and you sit there in the front of the army. I will go and hide behind. Jehoshaphat was a godly man. Now he went into an ungodly alliance with King Ahab. And now Jehoshaphat is almost, he's, he's almost to be killed now. He's, he's under risk at this point of time. Now in the meantime, Ahab got killed as someone drew, drew the arrow towards him. You know, that's the outline of chapter 18. And what we are trying to learn from this. God helped Jehoshaphat even at this moment to escape out of the battle because they came, surrounded him, King Jehoshaphat is thinking that he is King Ahab and they was about to kill him but then you know Jehoshaphat prayed to God even at that moment and God helped him to escape out of the situation. Now everything was going on in the kingdom of Judah under the rulership of King Jehoshaphat and since he made an ungodly alliance with King Ahab you know, he was, he got into a compromise. He compromised in a marriage relationship with King Ahab. And secondly, that led him to compromise socially, in a social relationship with King Ahab. And eventually Jehoshaphat was led into a spiritual compromise. And finally, before he died, he got on to a business compromise in his business relationship. And last week, if you remember, we talked in detail about the marriage compromise he, he made. He compromised in marriage relationship with King Ahab. Ahab and Jezebel's daughter, Athaliah, she was married to Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat. So Jehoshaphat went into the house of Ahab to get daughter, Ahab's daughter, Athaliah, for his son, Jehoram. 
You know, you can imagine Jehoshaphat was a godly king and Ahab was a wicked king. And once they got into this marriage alliance, all the wickedness of Ahab came into the house of Jehoshaphat. You know, we talked about last week saying, today many parents and many young boys and girls, they make this compromise by making ungodly decisions, ungodly alliance. An young man or a woman who was born to a godly parents, who was brought up in a godly way, you know, go into a marriage relationship with an ungodly family, with an ungodly boy or girl, you know, by doing this they are compromising. They are compromising their life. They are compromising even God himself and by getting into an ungodly relationship with someone. You know, eventually they, they don't know at that point of time that it's going to bring them heartache and headache until the entire period of their lives. But you know what? God is very particular. God says, in fact, we read that scripture in 2 Corinthians 6.14, word of God says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? And you know, God doesn't want us to get into an ungodly relationship, especially when it, when it comes to the matter of marriage. Because what of God says, marriage is honorable. Marriage is honorable and the bed undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Hebrew 13.4, word of God says, marriage is honorable. You know, today many of us have questions, you know, what is wrong with, you know, if I get to marry, happen to marry an ungodly man or a woman, what's wrong in that, you know? Sometimes even we think that, you know, by doing so, we can even save their lives. We can even bring them closer to God, you know, that's what we think. But you know what, that, that, that's very rare. That's very rare to happen. The possibility of one going away from God, drifting away from God, is much higher than saving someone's life through a marriage relationship. That is practical and that statistics tells us that. And the word of God tells us so. The word of God is very clear. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And you know, we had enough discussion last week. Today, we are going to see the other compromises King Jehoshaphat made as a result of getting into a marriage relationship with an ungodly family. The number two compromise Jehoshaphat made, compromise in social relationship. Let's turn our Bibles to 2nd Chronicles chapter 18 verse 2. 2nd Chronicles chapter 18 verse 2. So Jehoshaphat, let's read from verse 1. Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance. And by marriage he allied himself with Ahab. Verse 2 says, after some years he went down to visit King Ahab in Samaria. And Ahab killed sheep and oxen in abundance for him and the people who were with him. And persuaded him to go up with him to Ramad Gilead. Word of God says, Jehoshaphat is getting into a social relationship with King Ahab. Ahab persuaded Jehoshaphat to go in war against Ramat Gilead. Jehoshaphat, the godly king, going in war with an ungodly king. Jehoshaphat felt so obligated that he, when Ahab asked him to come along with him to war, Jehoshaphat felt so obligated because of he is already in a marriage relationship with that family. You know, when we get into a, such a you know, commitment with someone, it is very difficult to break apart at some point of time and we end up in compromise. We tend to compromise. Eventually, even Jehoshaphat, even he was at the risk of his own life as he was put at the forefriend of the war. You know, many Christians today you know, make a mistake here. As I said, when I, when, when I teach these things, we also do the recordings. So it's not just only for us, it's for you know, people, those who are to listen to. So I just need to generalize my sermon. Many Christians, even we make this mistake here. God doesn't want us to compromise with the world through our social relationships. You now here we see a man of God making a compromise with an ungodly man in his social relationship. You know, it was not wrong and it was in fact right to form a social relationship with unbelievers for the purpose of leading them to Christ. 
It is right to have a social relationship with an unbeliever with the purpose of leading them to have faith in Jesus Christ. But here, Ahab invited Jehoshaphat to a social relationship with an aim to meet his ungodly ambitions to go in war against someone. Whereas God said not to go. You will die there. Whereas the prophets of Baal, as they have got the lying spirit on them, they said you go and you will gain victory and this man of this uh, ungodly king he listened to the prophets of Baal and he was about to go to the war now here we see a man of God having a social relationship with this man King Ahab not for a godly purpose but for an ungodly purpose you know many times we compromise in social relationship with ungodly friends or even non-christian friends if we are invited to such social gatherings because at times we are not sure about a purpose our purpose of being there many times we end up in compromising our standards as a follower of Lord Jesus Christ you know we involve at times in their paganism thinking that you know what's wrong in doing so we know we, we, we tend to think about it and none of our outward activities none of them will have an influence on our souls if you remember whose doctrine it was it was the doctrine of the Nicolaitans the doctrine of Nicolaitans as the Spirit of God was speaking to the church of Pergamum that's what he was saying the doctrine of Nicolaitans they have an idea that none of their outward things whatever they do to their body it has no bearing on the soul you know that time that's what we think at times we get into that moment in into that moment of you know involving ourselves in some of the ungodly things in our lives sometimes even we say you know my purpose is to win the soul sometimes even say even we are you know sometimes willing to yes to so you know to some of their programs and some of their events and we wanted to mingle with them not as a Christian but you want to just mingle with them just you know one among them thinking that we can lead somebody to Christ you know just you listen to me what I said we even lose our identity at some point of time and because we feel that if we say that we are a Christian probably you know we may, we may not be able to gain their attention and we tend to you know lose our identity and we just want to be one among them and just try to do whatever they do because we think that you know we are so clear in our mind that we want to win their souls you know at times we bend here and there compromising Christ and the Christian values by losing our identity we have in Christ sometimes even we argue saying that Jesus was a friend of sinner but that's true but he never sinned he never compromised he was a friend of sinners but he never compromised you know we need to study this topic we need to study as we study the social compromise you know we need to keep that study that in the light of the Word of God every time when we get into that such a situation you know we need to stay on top of our purpose otherwise we end up in compromising in the social relationship that we have among our living on this earth because we don't want to be deceived Paul says in 1st Corinthians 15 33 1st Corinthians 15 33 word of God says evil company corrupts good habits evil company corrupts good habits it's good to be there with ungodly friends with the purpose of winning their souls for God but same time we cannot deny the fact that evil company corrupts good habits so we need to think about who our friends are what kind of relationship that we have with them today you know sometimes we even we take the position and say we are supposed to love everybody we are supposed to love everybody we even we are supposed to love the sinners because because Jesus loved the sinners but he hated their sins aren't we supposed to love the sinners that's true we need to love the sinners but then same time we also need to say need to understand what the Word of God talks about in such a context let's turn to 19 chapter 19 second Chronicles chapter 19 
you will be amazed to see what the spirit of God is saying to King Jehoshaphat through the prophet 19.1 says then Jehoshaphat the king of Judah returned safely to his house in Jerusalem Ahab died in the forefront of the war and Jehoshaphat was saved by the grace of God and he is back home and Jehu the son of Hananiah the seer went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord therefore the wrath of God the wrath of the Lord is upon you why the wrath of the Lord was upon King Jehoshaphat the one simple reason he loved those who hate the Lord the wrath of God came upon King Jehoshaphat because he loved those who hate the Lord you know if we believe that we ought to love everybody you know we need to read the word of God more Bible says God hates some people Bible says very clearly God hates some people over and over we read that in the scripture God hates wicked God hate the wicked Psalm 5 5 let's read the word of God Psalm 5 5 the man of God says there Psalm 5 5 we say we read the boastful shall not stand in your sight you hate all workers of iniquity you know God doesn't always love those who do, do evil thing God doesn't always love wicked he also hates the wicked sometimes you know we fail to understand we fail to realize that God always loves the sinners no not always David says in Psalm 139 verses 20 to 22 Psalm 139 verses 20 to 22 he says for they speak against you wickedly your enemies take your name in vain verse 21 Psalm 139 do I not hate them O Lord who hate you and do I not love those who rise up against you and verse 22 says I hate them with perfect hatred I count them my enemies I count them my enemies I hate them with perfect hatred so it's not true that always we need to love sinners you know being said all these things you know we need to make we need to make few principles something it goes like this love them to draw them to the love of God but don't love them to have friendship with them love them to show the love of Christ but do not love them to have fellowship with them you know we need to strike the balance we need to draw the line in an appropriately because God asks us to love the sinners but at the same time God also tells us that he hates sinners because word of God is very clear what fellowship has light with darkness the answer is none not at all the answer is just zero no fellowship at all no fellowship at all you know as children of God we need to know where to draw the line as we you know try to have social relationship with people around us with the purpose of bringing them you know into Christ Jesus we need to, we need to be cautious and we need to be discerning because otherwise we easily tend to compromise in our social relationship number three his social relationship led him to compromise spiritually he ended up in having a spiritual compromise one small compromise Jehoshaphat made with Ahab was in his marriage relationship that opened up another compromise he ended up in socially compromising that eventually led him to have spiritual compromise with King Ahab and his prophets you know as King Ahab was getting ready to the for the battle to go against Ramoth Gilead we see in the word of God in 2nd Chronicles chapter 18 we read there in 2nd Chronicles 18 verses 5 to 8 let's read these scriptures 2nd Chronicles chapter 18 verse 5 then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together 400 men and said to them shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or shall we refrain so they said go up for God will deliver it into your hands who said this the prophets of Baal 
Verse 6, but Jehoshaphat said, Is there not still a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? Verse 7 says, So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is still one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord. But I hate him, Ahab says, I hate him because he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. He's Micaiah, the son of Imla, and Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say such things. Verse 8 says, Then king of Israel called one of his officers and said, Bring Micaiah, the son of Imla, quickly. You know, you can imagine Jehoshaphat brought himself into a critical situation now. Jehoshaphat, a godly king, now he is surrounded with 400 prophets of Baal. Who appears to be prophets, but what of God says, God put a lying spirit in their mouth. The moment they open up their mouth, what came out of their mouth was lie. Not only the prophets of Baal, even he got tied up with the leader of the prophets of Baal, King Agab, who was watering such people, such prophets of Baal to flourish in that kingdom. The only other man of God who brought into that situation was Micaiah. But even he was struck at his cheeks and he was thrown into the prison. Can you imagine what kind of situation King Jehoshaphat was in? He would have felt, you know, seeing all these 400 prophets filled with the spirit of Baal and their leader operating with the influence of this wicked spirit in his life, you know, he would have felt how bad he would have felt as a man of God standing, being in that situation. And he was marching with King Ahab in, in the battlefield. There is no doubt that he is spiritually compromised. He got into a compromise in a spiritual relationship with Ahab and his company. Now, now we need to understand this very clearly. You know, there is a move among Christians today saying that we are his disciples. We have to remain in unity. We need to love each other. We ought to bury all these doctrinal differences and bring all Christians under one umbrella. They also say that you know we are a seeker friendly church. We don't really publish our faith statement because we can pretty much accommodate everybody. We are cross-cultural, we are cross-denominational and we are flexible in our belief system and we need to be careful about such the such a move not of God but of this world some people even say Jesus prayed that we all need to be one if you remember John chapter 17 Jesus was praying that Lord we may all remain in unity so they even say unity is important not what we believe but at the same time, Jesus also said in the same chapter, sanctify them by truth. Sanctify them by truth. You know, the truth is nothing but that states the doctrines, that states the beliefs, that states the teachings, what are required for us, our sanctification. You know, any other alteration we make to the doctrines or the spiritual truths can corrupt our belief because only the truth can sanctify us if only truth can sanctify us anything which is not true can bring corruption into our lives a true child of God who has fellowship with people who believe a different set of doctrine can easily compromise in their spiritual relationship with God a true child of God who have fellowship with people who believe a different set of doctrines which is not true will not sanctify them. Instead it will corrupt them. You know that's the reason doctrine is important. It's a, that's the reason teaching is important. That's the reason our belief system is important. The move of this world to bring all the churches under one umbrella is not the right thing to go for because we will not be able to remain in truth and the truth cannot sanctify us and Jesus never asked us to be united at the cost of truth Jesus never asked us to be united 
you know with all with all the other denominations compromising the truth never he never said he never spoke about it and this is important you know we need to love people even who belong to the other denominations we don't need to fight over the doctrinal issues but at the same time we don't want to you know compromise the truth the truth we know just for the sake of bringing fellowship just for the sake of showing that we are in unity just for the sake of showing that we love each other we don't need to compromise you know we can't ask someone who doesn't believe in the triune god to come and preach the word of god we cannot ask we cannot afford to do that today in the churches we cannot ask someone to lead the worship who doesn't believe in speaking tongues who is not anointed and that worship will be just empty you will not get anything out of it we don't need to compromise because none we don't need to do that in order to please somebody we don't need to do that you know if in order to give respect or regard to someone we don't need to do that god doesn't expect us to compromise in those areas if we do so we are compromising in our spiritual relationship with the lord and churches need to be careful about it now, as we are talking about the spiritual compromise just want to make two two things clear at this point of time any denomination who does not address some of the truths as their beliefs they may do so because of many reasons they may do so because they want to be a seeker friendly church they don't want to talk about too many doctrines or they do so because they want to avoid some conflicts they don't foresee some of the conflicts they don't want to handle that so they avoid or they don't want to you know they basically want to attract a large crowd of people they do so because they don't you know want to bring that as an issue that's the reason you know they limit their teachings they don't want to go into some of the known areas sometime even those truths are not even revealed to them so they are not clear in those areas and they don't teach about those things and they don't talk about it you know but god has given us the responsibility there to share the truth with such believers and god has given us the responsibility to bring that revelation of god into their lives talking about some of the denominations who failed to you know who failed to address some of the key doctrinal things they may be good in basic salvation they may be good in basic doctrines but they may not go about they may not talk anything about it that's one category the second group of people that set up denominations who pervert the truth they teach the truth incorrectly they are called false teachers or false doctrines you know we even even we call them sometimes as cults you know most of the time they are not easily teachable because you know they are spiritually bound why the reason is what of god says the truth can set us free if the truth can set us free anything that is not truth that can bind us we are set free because of the truth and we are bound when we listen to what is not truth the truth is powerful the doctrine is powerful the teachings are powerful because they have the ability to set us free and they also have the ability to bind us you know word of god tells us not to deal with those who teach falsely not to deal with you know those who are called false prophets or those denominations are called cult organizations or denominations word of god says even you don't allow them you know don't try to be kind to them if we are not careful we cannot protect ourselves we cannot protect our souls we cannot protect our church word of god says you know they are ravenous wolves they come in sheep's clothing they are ravenous wolves they just come to devour us they come to take us away from word of god away from the truth but they are they are very dangerous so any spiritual compromise we make them we make with them will lead us to destruction what of god says even do not try to be compassionate with them it's very tough at times what of god says in second johns i don't know how many of you know that scripture second john chapter 1 verses 10 to 11 second john 
second john 10 to 11 what of god says if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine the truth we know do not receive him into your house nor greet him for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds if anyone brings such a doctrine such a teaching into our house what word of god is asking us to do it is not asking us to be compassionate with them it is asking us to not to deal with them we need to know the scriptures here if jehovah's witness is coming to our house we need to ask them to get out if mormons are coming to our house we need to ask them to get out even some extent if catholicism you know come and try to teach us something we don't have anything to do with them because they have fundamental errors in their religion so we have, don't have anything to do with them and we should be able to teach that very clearly but there are other people who belong to the first category which i talked about who is not teaching incorrect things who don't teach some of the doctrines because they don't have the revelation and God is asking us to work with them you know that's the reason we are working with some such people you know who have not got the entire revelation right some of them us are from the fundamental churches some of us are from the protestant churches you know very fundamental very orthodox but then still we work with them why because they don't teach anything wrong but they don't have the revelation into some of those areas they are teachable and we can teach them and we can work with them but not with the other group you know when we get into such a spiritual compromise with various people we are working with them we need to be very careful not to fall into such traps you know once we fall into those traps word of god says we will be taken towards destruction because the doctrines and the truth is very powerful very powerful they are not just an organizational declaration it's a declaration of the word of god they define the, who we are they define who they are and as the word of god says truth can set us free anything that is not truth it has an ability power to bind us and at times we feel that we are bound because we are not open or we don't have the revelation to a specific truth in our lives and as the lord speaks to us i want i need to close here as the lord speaks to us from the life of jehoshaphat he went into an ungodly relationship with king ahab and that led him to get into a social compromise with king ahab and the uh, and and the people around him and eventually he was taken into a spiritual compromise with the 400 prophets of baal and with the ungodly king who's filled with the spirit of baal and as god is speaking to us god is asking us to realize and to think about what kind of influences we have in these friend social relationship and with the spiritual relationships at times we struggle between all those things in our lives how to handle it where to draw the line but word of god all that we need to know is word of god is very strict at some point of time it is asking us to draw the line we need to draw the line sometime even word of god is asking us to hate some people for the sake of the truth and we as children of god we don't need to be afraid to hate somebody for the sake of protecting the truth in our lives and god is asking us to grow in the word of god not to compromise with the world not to please people around us but to remain truthfully and to obey the true word of god part 3 of king jehoshaphat's compromise continues here jehoshaphat compromised in his marriage relationship he compromised in social relationship and also we found out that he compromised in spiritual relationship i would like to continue at another compromise that he made he compromised in business relationships now after the defeat and death of king ahab jehoshaphat returned to his home in judah and he continued to rule the kingdom of judah we read that in chapter 19 God sent a prophet by name Jehu and he warned Jehoshaphat and told him very clearly of his mistakes. We read that in chapter 19 second chronicles 
verse 2. Let's read from verse 1. Then Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned safely to his house in Jerusalem, and Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Therefore the wrath of the Lord is upon you. Um, even though it appears to be the wrath of the Lord is coming upon Jehoshaphat, what of God says, God considered all the good things that Jehoshaphat has done in the land. Let's read from verse 3, 2 Chronicles chapter 19. Nevertheless, good things are found in you, in that you have removed the wooden images from the land and have prepared your heart to seek God. Word of God says, if you continue to read chapter 19, then Jehoshaphat set up judges across the land and ruled the nation in the fear of God. We can read that from 2 Chronicles chapter 19 verses 5 to 7. Let's, let's go ahead further. When people of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir came against kingdom of Judah, Jehoshaphat and his citizens, they cried out to the Lord and asked the Lord to help them. Jehoshaphat declared a fast throughout Judah. That's what we read in, if you move further to chapter 20, that's what we read there in chapter 20, verse 3. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. In fact, chapter 20 starts saying that it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammon, Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. So <coughs> Jehoshaphat, he knew very well where to go in times of trouble. What of God says, as he continued to seek the Lord in fasting and praying, the Lord sent a prophet by name Jehaziel and prophesied over him. We read that in verses 14 to 17, the same chapter, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 14 to 17. Let's read some of those scriptures today. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Azaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Verse 16, tomorrow go down against them, they will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle, position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. King Jehoshaphat, he set up the choir in front of the army, and the Ammonites, Moabites, and the people of Mount Zair were defeated in that battle. If you read further ahead, in verses 21 and 22 let's read from verse 21 and when he had consulted with the people he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they would as they went out before the army and were saying praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever verse 22 now when they began to sing and to praise the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir who had come against Judah and they were defeated. Now God was with Jehoshaphat even though he made a mistake of compromising with King Ahab God was with Jehoshaphat because he considered all the good things that he had done in, this, in the nation of Judah. 
Now word of God also says in verse 29 chapter 20 the fear of God came upon the kingdom and if you continue to read verse 30 then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for his God gave for his God gave him rest all around because God gave him peace and rest there was peace everywhere in in the land of Judah at the time almost at the end of the rulership of King Jehoshaphat Jehoshaphat became a king if you remember at the age of 35 and by now he ruled the nation for 25 long years he was such a great man of God once he was once he allied with Ahab and compromised in marriage that led to a compromise in his social relationship and eventually he compromised in his spiritual relationship now he turned back to God and he gained victory over all his enemies now, now as I said as the scripture says Jehoshaphat was living in his last days word of God says in 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 verses 35 to 37 let's read 35 to 37 um, again repeatedly Jehoshaphat is making a mistake let's read the scriptures uh, 35 after this Jehoshaphat king of Judah allied himself with Ahaziah king of Israel who acted very wickedly and he allied himself with him to make ships to go to Tarshish and they made the ships in Ezion Geber but Eliezer the son of Dodawa of Meresha prophesied against Jehoshaphat saying because you have allied yourself with Ahaziah the Lord has destroyed your works then the ships were wrecked so that they were not able to go to Tarshish you know what of God says at the end days of King Jehoshaphat he again got into an ungodly alliance with King Ahaziah the king of Israel you know many times you know we apply the scripture 2nd Corinthians 6 14 which says do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with the darkness most of the time we we, we use the scripture uh, to apply to to the marriage relationship not really to business ventures certainly I believe this scripture is applicable even for business relationships you know Jehoshaphat looks seem, it seems that Jehoshaphat didn't learn his lesson with King Ahab so he entered into a shipbuilding venture with Ahab's son Ahaziah the author is very clearly pointing out saying that this was a wicked deed on Jehoshaphat's part the Lord, the Lord eventually judged him by destroying all the ships that came out of the venture joint venture between Jehoshaphat and Ahab's son Ahaziah you know if you are partnering with an unbeliever in the business will not be able to go together for a long time without compromising our Christian values because our purpose in business is to remain honest faithful and to honor Christ but the goal of any ungodly businessman is to make money even by cutting corners at times if we try to maintain a good business relationship in this situation we end up in compromising with the world if we are already in such partnership we need to testify our faith in Christ and the purpose of obeying God even if it is less profit if that doesn't work well we need to get out of such alliances it took time to build such partnerships and it's going to take time to get out of such partnerships but we need to seek God's grace and guidance in this matter Jehoshaphat compromised in his business relationship and God destroyed his business we don't want to get into you know earning the wrath of God upon ourselves and over our businesses 
we need to protect us from such wrath of God coming upon us due to our ungodly alliances. Finally, to summarize, any compromise is dangerous even to the most godly believers. It is subtle and it ensnares us through wrong relationships. Compromise with the world is success in through wrong relationships. Compromise with the world brings disastrous results. Compromise not only affects us, even it destroys our businesses. I believe God has spoken to us through the life of Jehoshaphat. God has spoken to us saying that we can compromise in our marriage relationship by marrying an unbeliever because the probability of we losing our faith in God is much higher than leading him or her to Christ. Secondly, God has spoken to us saying that we can't compromise in our social relationship. Even if we make such social relationships, we need to stay on top of the purpose with the only intention of leading people to faith in Christ. Not to be entertained by their ungodly events, friendships and fellowships. Thirdly, God has spoken to us saying we can't compromise in the spiritual relationships by altering the truth or having fellowship with those who pervert the truth or who preach the, and practice what is not true. Because if, we, if the truth can set us free, certainly what is not true can lead us to bondage. Fourthly, God has also spoken to us saying we can't compromise in our business relationships because it is very difficult to honor God in a business relationship with an ungodly partner whose main purpose is to make money even by cutting corners or by bending towards what is not right. I believe God wants us not to compromise our Christian values. God wants us not to compromise this with this world. God wants to make a clear difference between who is godly and who is ungodly. And I believe God is speaking to every one of us to come closer to him and to realize and to come to an understanding of the kind of compromises that we keep making in our lives. And probably this is the right time that we need to come closer to God and tell him, Lord, forgive me. Probably in many areas, I am unaware that I am compromising with this world. But Lord God, you have spoken to me very clearly through the life of Jehoshaphat. Lord, give me your grace to come out of such compromises and to remain faithful and truthful to the word of God. Amen. Amen.